0: You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition.
1: The Lord is the husbandman of his vineyard. The Bible said it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's one of the reasons that he has not returned yet is because he has long patience waiting for the fruit of the earth. That is more souls to come into the kingdom of God. Does that make sense to you? If it does say amen. So it says, brethren, it says to be patient unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth.
0: What does revival look like to you? Is it when others get their lives sorted out or when they give their hearts to the Lord? Or is there more to it than that? Would you believe that revival isn't just for the unsaved, but it's for you too? Pastor Gary will show us today that we are not only recipients or witnesses to revival, but active participants. in If you aren't filling that active role, what are you waiting for? As Pastor Gary says, we aren't waiting on revival, but revival is waiting on us. Now, here's Pastor Chris in the book of James, chapter 5, for today's edition of True North.
1: I tell you what, when you get excited, you just about lose track of where you're at, don't you? (laughs) Amen. Amen. But it's good to be here this morning. Open your Bibles to the book of James, chapter number 5. James chapter 5, we'll read verses 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. Be also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh grudge not one another against uh, excuse me one against another brethren lest ye be condemned behold the judge standeth before the door take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction And of patience. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful, or full of pity, and of tender mercies. Focus with me now, verse 7. Be patient. Therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Today my title is, Are You Ripe for Revival? By the time I get through preaching this sermon, you will completely, hopefully and prayerfully, you'll completely understand My title. The Bible teaches us, first of all, to be patient. That means to be long spirited, to suffer long. That it requires endurance to wait on the Lord. It says, Wait, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. In other words, until the Lord shows up, practice patience. Amen. Y'all remember when you were kids and and it was Christmas time and hopefully most of you had a Christmas. Some of you may not have. And for those that didn't, I apologize. Uh, I don't mean to make anybody feel excluded from this conversation, but I remember when I was a boy and uh, it was Christmas time, uh, there were times that we just couldn't wait till Christmas morning to open our presents. In fact, it was so bad that when we go to Grandpa's house, he cave under pressure And he'd just wait till midnight of Christmas Eve, and then when it turned 1201, we could open our presents. We couldn't even go to sleep and then wake up the next morning. Amen. Uh, And a lot of times when we're waiting on the Lord, now I understand that in context, I believe this is in fact referring to the second coming of Christ, that Christ will return one day, and he will set up his earthly rule and reign on the earth. But until then, we are to endure to run the race with endurance, amen? Uh, But I also want, I think it's a twofold meaning because he gives us practical application when he references the husbandman. I believe that the husbandman here is not only teaching us a lesson on how that, just as a farmer waits for his fruit, and it's always best to wait until that final rain before he brings in the harvest so that it can be good and, and, and full of life and vibrant. He's also saying that this is the, the posture of the Lord. The Lord is the husbandman of his vineyard. The Bible said it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's one of the reasons that he has not returned yet is because he has long patience waiting for the fruit of the earth. That is more souls to come into the kingdom of God. Does that make sense to you? If it does say amen. So it says, brethren, it says to be patient unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. And so if you look at our text that we read, if you counted them, verse 7 says be patient. Then it says wait. Then it says long patience. So just in verse 7 it mentions patience or waiting three times. Verse 8 says be also patient. Verse 10 says of patience. Then verse 11 says patience. There six times essentially you see this theme in just these five verses. Many times we get in too big a hurry while we're waiting on God. There are some people that are so frustrated with the way the world is going right now. They're so bent out of shape and waiting for Jesus to come and rescue us all. That instead of patiently waiting for the Lord while serving, they're patiently waiting for the Lord while doing nothing. They have dug into some spiritual bunker of sorts and they have hidden themselves from society. They just want to be away from anything. I see no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. They, they try to segregate themselves completely from culture and society and just hold on and hold out till Jesus comes. But that's not the kind of waiting that we're instructed to practice. In fact, the word wait has two meanings to it. Waiting on the Lord implies serving Him like a waiter or a waitress, but it also means being patient for Him. So we serve Him while we wait for Him. Just because Christ is fixing to return doesn't mean that we're so close to the end that you might as well just hold on and do nothing until He shows up. But I see a lot of a trend today where it seems like people just kind of have this escapism mentality And I do believe in the rapture I do believe in the second coming of christ But I don't believe that that should be a motivation for us to just hang up the towel and say well jesus is coming soon So it's not really going to make much of difference anyway After all the bible said that there'd be a great falling away and after all preacher It's just the way it's going to be people just ain't going to come to church anymore people just ain't going to get saved like they used to and we'll mully grub and murmur and complain about no fruit and no results. Uh, But the real problem is that we have quit waiting, that is serving uh, the husbandman of the vineyard. Somebody shout amen if you agree with me. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the question, are you ripe for revival? You know, James also said in chapter one and verse four, but let patience have her perfect work. That means a maturing work, that ye may be perfect or mature and entire, wanting nothing or lacking nothing. So what are we waiting on? I, I want to look at that last phrase there where it says, uh, uh, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long Patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Some Bible theologians uh, believe that you could compare what the Lord did on the day of Pentecost as the early rain and that what He's going to do in these last days as the latter rain. I do not know if you subscribe to that kind of interpretation or not, uh, but I certainly do believe that there is some possibility there that in these last days there's a latter rain of His Spirit being poured out on all flesh because uh, I know that uh, the Bible said that that Uh, prophecy was fulfilled on the day of pentecost uh, but let me remind you of something the end the beginning of the end time started with the earthly ministry of christ it didn't just start in the last 50 to 100 years it didn't just start whenever israel was reformed as a nation we have been in the end time since jesus uh, uh, admonished his disciples to wait for him and today we're just that much closer to the return of the Lord. But I do believe that God is doing a work in these last days. Uh, do you remember the scripture where the Bible says, And at midnight a cry was made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Look at what's going on in the world right now. Do we not see more signs of his coming than we ever have in, an, in our entire lifetime? And how Have you not heard more preaching recently on the soon coming of the Lord than maybe you've ever heard in your lifetime? If you listen to any good preaching, I believe you'll hear that recurring theme that Jesus is coming soon and that you need to repent and turn from your sin and turn to Christ before it's too late. And I believe we could hear what's being echoed through the halls of churches across this country and from pulpits any Bible believing preacher is going to recur the theme uh, that Jesus is coming uh, and could it be I'm just asking the question could it be uh, that we're in the midnight hour because uh, they're crying behold uh, the bridegroom cometh uh, go ye out to meet him I personally believe that we're that close but before he comes he yearns For the blood of Christ to redeem as many as he bled and died for. And it's not his will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So I believe when we talk about this latter rain, we could be talking easily and arguably about a end time revival. Amen. That God would want to send to his church. I personally don't believe that God plans to come back for a weaker church than what he started off with. Amen. Uh, The Bible says that he's coming for a bride without spot, without wrinkle and without blemish. God is going to purify his church. God is going to purge his church. Amen. Uh, And so I want to say that what we're waiting on uh, is a reviving rain from heaven. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but while I'm waiting on the Lord to show up, I'm also praying uh, that he'll send a heaven sent, uh, spirit filled revival that'll change our church, uh, that'll change our families, uh, and that'll change our community, and that'll touch and change nations. Can somebody say, Amen? If you're in agreement with me, uh, I believe. I believe that we are waiting on a reviving rain to come from heaven. I believe that revival can be simply described as a shower from heaven that yields a harvest for the Lord. Think about that. A shower from heaven that yields a harvest for the Lord. And again, I ask you the question, are you ripe for revival? The Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1 said, Ask ye of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain. There's your verse, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain uh, so the Lord will make bright clouds uh, and give them showers of rain uh, to every one grass in uh, the field. I believe that means every blade of grass uh, in the field. Amen. Uh, And the Bible teaches, compares us that life is like a vapor and we're just like a a blade of grass that's here today and gone tomorrow and is as insignificant as that may make you Feel. He says in the latter days he can give you a rain that'll water even you and even me. Even if we feel like we're just small and insignificant and numbered amongst so many that nobody would notice us. Maybe God wouldn't care. Let me tell you, God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. God wants yes. to touch every one of his children and use them for his glory and for his honor. Amen, church? Yes. Ask you of the Lord. Rain. In the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone, grass in the field. Amen. Now, I want to give you three things real quick. First, I want to say this, while we're waiting on God, God is also waiting on us. While we're waiting on God's arrival, God's waiting on our repentance. Let me say it again. While we're waiting on God to show up, God's waiting on us to repent. Because 2 Peter 3, 9 illustrates this truth. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? Repentance. You know what repentance is? That's a turn, a change of heart and mind. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Repentance is bigger than changing a habit. Anybody can change their habits temporarily. But you won't have a permanent change of nature till God does surgery on your heart. And the only way that you'll truly repent is not when you change a habit, but when you change your heart in your mind and your attitude about sin and turn from your sin specifically to Jesus Christ as your remedy. It's not even good enough to try to turn from your sin to self-help. Some people realize and acknowledge that they need to quit sinning and they try to turn from their sin, but they'll try to turn to anything or anybody but Jesus Christ. But to repent is not just to turn. It's not just to change your mind. It's to change your direction. Y'all pray for my voice. Change your direction. I may just have to preach this a little bit lower gear this morning. Can y'all handle that? Amen. He wants you to turn from walking towards your sin, make an about face 180 degrees, and walk to Jesus And come to Jesus. And while we're waiting on the Lord, not just as He's waiting on sinners to repent, He's waiting on saints to repent. I mean, just, just face it today, the church is in a mess. I'm talking about as a whole, the churches are in a mess. I'm talking about churches today that claim the name of Christ. Amen. And really, all they're doing is using and abusing His name for political advantage and for cliques and clubs. And power structures. And man-made institutions. And a lot of churches today, so-called, have gone so far from what the Word of God declares that they no longer even preach it. In fact, they'll either rewrite it or not even preach it at all. And they'll do exactly the opposite of what this book says. Now, friend, whenever you live in an apostate church age like we're living in today, it need not surprise you When church is completely making about face, not in the right direction, but in the wrong direction, because that's what apostasy is. It's walking away from truth. And so we have exactly the opposite a lot of times in our churches, in our pews of what God requires. Instead of turning to truth, they're turning exactly away from it. And they're buying every excuse and every lie and every doctrine of devil that comes along to convince them that they're right and you're wrong. But friend, I'm telling you one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You may not bow today, but you will bow one day to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but then it would be too late. You better bow now while there's hope. You better bow now while there's a chance. And if you're saved in church, but you're backslidden, it's time to get right with God. It's time to quit making excuses. It's time to quit blaming everybody else at the church that did you wrong. And it's time to start serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen, church. He's waiting on us to repent. Oh, somebody said maybe uh, when revival comes, I'll get right. But you missed the whole point. Amen. When you get right, that's when revival comes. Amen. Amen. Uh, We're not waiting on revival. Revival's waiting on us. Because God is so quick to forgive and to give grace and to give mercy that at a prayer's notice, At a whisper's notice, when you turn from him, immediately he's on the scene, and our churches can have the glory of God back if we will just turn and repent. Verse seven said, "Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit, precious fruit, precious fruit." Notice that if you if you uh, look up this word "fruit," it implies plucked fruit. Now, you don't pluck fruit until it is what? Until it is ripe. Amen. God's waiting on some ripe Christians. Amen. God is waiting on some ripe individuals. Amen. He's waiting on you. Oh, I have not seen and hearth not heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. If you only knew what God would do for you, if you just give it all to him, it will blow your mind. But why are we so long and stubborn at waiting uh, and putting it off till tomorrow? God wants us to repent. This word right means to be brought to perfection and growth uh, or to the best state. It means mature. And listen to this definition. It means fit for use. Fit for use. I said earlier, while we're waiting on God, God is waiting on us. I want you to know something. God wants to use you but he doesn't want to pluck you green he wants you to be fit for the kingdom amen he wants you to be fit for his service and so many times that what delays that process of being used of God is not that God is delaying his coming to us but that we are delaying our coming to God Because the Bible says if we will draw nigh to God, He will draw nigh to us. Another way to put that is He'll meet you halfway. Amen. Uh, And I'll even go so far as to say this. If you can't go halfway, but you can turn in your heart, He'll come all the way. He'll meet you where you're at. God wants you fit for use in His kingdom. But He's waiting on you. And uh, many today... uh, they, 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 want a, they want a spot or a position uh, of influence in the church, but they don't want to pay the price uh, that, that is required, the price of uh, uh, patience that, call, uh, that produces maturity in their life. And it would do us all some good to learn how to let the Lord mold us and shape us and make us and prepare us and use us. And I tell you, when God gets ready to put you into position, He knows when you're ready and He knows when you're not ready. That's exactly right. Many a year did I serve uh, under another pastor. It was near about seven years uh, as a, an, an associate pastor. And boy, I wanted to pastor a church. Don't you know I did? <laughs> but you know what? God said, you're not ready. I had a pastor call me uh, about midway through that season of my ministry. We were struggling financially. Surprise. Amen. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, you got five kids. What you going to do? You want to struggle, right? <laughs> Amen. Uh, and I got a call from a pastor in Tennessee. He said, we got a, a house. We got five bedrooms, three baths. We got a salary. All we need you to do is show up and start doing the, uh, the youth ministry. And boy, that sounded good to me. I was ready to go until I went to the prayer calls and I asked my Lord, what would you have me do? And he said, stay. And I had to turn down an opportunity because the Lord knew more than I knew. I wasn't ready to take on that job. Many times we get in a hurry. We're talking about waiting on the God, but we also get in a hurry, don't we? We want to rush things our way. But God knows when we're really ripe for the spot. Amen. And and I don't pretend... Uh, or claim that I am mature enough to be trusted by God. Uh, I just know that he has counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry, but it's not my faithfulness, it's his faithfulness, amen? It's his faithfulness. But I'll say this, if you want to be used of God, He wants to use you as bad as you want Him to use you. But He's waiting for you to be ripe for revival. That is fit for use, that is mature, that is ready. But how can we ask a faithful God to use an unfaithful people?
0: Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an addition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email To contact at GaryCoddle.com That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com Would you do something for us, too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.